This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Huzo. Huzo is an acronym for human sound. Huzo delivers uniquely enhanced human toning sounds through headphones as well as through pads placed on your major acupuncture meridians on your body, which are your wrist and your ankles, thereby introducing a specific modulated frequency that are balancing and harmonizing throughout your body. One session takes about 30 minutes, and during that time, a strange series of tones create a natural resonance in your body that Huzo claims counteracts the harmful EMFs, toxins, and stresses you are exposed to during the day or just normal living, all while balancing the body, leaving you with a clear head, improved health, better sleep, and the feeling of calmness and well-being. You can try one at www.thisishuzo.com slash rebel. Use the code rebel25 to save $25. The folks at Huzo even have a great payment solution for you with terms up to 12 months. Check it out. I highly recommend this machine. It has changed my life and calmed me out. Thank you and enjoy this episode. I think we're ready. 2021, we are ready to understand this and perceive it in a very different light. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Welcome to episode 105 of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. I hope you all had a very, very, very Merry Christmas. I would like to welcome you to this podcast episode with Dr. Lisa Templeton. This episode is dedicated to my mother. It was this day last year that she passed away. And I have a quote that I really love about this time of grieving it is, but grief is a walk alone. Others can be there and listen, but you will walk alone down your own path at your own pace with your shepherd. But grief is a walk alone. Others can be there and listen but you will walk alone down your own path at your own pace with your sheared off pain, your raw wounds, your denial, anger, and bitter loss. You will come to your own peace, hopefully, but it will be on your own in your own time. That's a quote by Carol Lamb. And I miss my mother every day. And this Christmas period has been very tough, so I'd like to dedicate this episode to her. With each other and with others. Dr. Lisa Templeton is a clinical psychologist, author, musician, poet, and spiritual guide. 
She founded and owns the Interpersonal Healing Clinic, providing compassionate clinical care to all ages and backgrounds while addressing the importance of our relationships with each other and with ourselves. She's a co-director of Shaman Star, a spiritual organization guiding and empowering individuals to understand their divine nature and increase conscious self-awareness in the world. She lives in Broomfield, Colorado, just outside of Boulder with her family. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you get a lot from this one. And it was something new for me because I usually prep for an episode. And this time I decided to go off the cuff and talk to Dr. Lisa Templeton one-on-one as if we were having a beer and a talk. Thank you and God bless. Lisa, welcome back to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I am grateful that you decided to join me for another episode. You were on episode number 40, which was quite some time ago. And we discussed your book, Let It Be, Mindful Lessons Towards Acceptance. Yeah, letting it be. Yep, letting it be. And it sits, this book has helped me through a crazy 2020. And it sits on my coffee table with a stack of magazines. And the only other book on that table is a book about autoimmune disease. So your book... Oh, that's an honor. That's a big honor, Yep, Tom. yep. And... Uh, I appreciate that. I'm glad it's been helpful. Oh, I know it been, continues to help me too. And believe me, it sits there. I pick it up. When I was going through some really bad junk in the middle of 2020, I was like, okay, I need to reread this book. And uh, so it, it sits on, like I said, it sits on my coffee table and I go through it quite often. And my Bible's on there it. too. So you're next to my mm. Bible, autoimmune disease. and Oh, I love that. So you're ranked very it. high up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the book can, you know, I mean, you could just grab it and right. open it and it'll offer, you know, there's just a lot. a lot of wisdom that came through in writing that. So... I'm very grateful. The divine entities that be that helped me write that book. <laughs> well, you've got another book coming out, and that's part of it's true. what we're going to discuss today. And more importantly, we're going to discuss moving into 2020. Since this is the last episode to be recorded for 2020, this crazy year, we're going to talk about 2021. But at the same time, this is one of the first podcasts I've recorded that I really didn't prep for. I really kind of want to just go off the cuff because a lot of shit has happened in 2020. That's, that's right. You know? And that's what 2020, I think, has taught us is going off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> Being I in mean, the moment. Being in the moment, we can plan stuff, but what happens, right? right. We're, you know, we end up having to cancel it or it gets modified somehow. And so I, I know for me, it's just been all about staying in the moment and going with the flow, surrendering my will for what I want to happen or how I want it to happen, and then just being. It's been right. a lot more being this year than doing. It's been hard for a lot of people just to be. Oh, being. my God. Yeah. Including myself. I mean, 
And here we went into 2000. I was looking at some memories on Facebook the other day of last December. And at this point, I started 30 day, 31 days of gratitude. Mm. And I took three by five cards. And every day I wrote down something that I need to let go of. Speaking of your book, Letting Go. Mm. But I was writing down things that I had to let go of. New Year's Eve, I had a bonfire and I burned every single one of those three by five cards. Oh, wow. And then ceremony. thinking about going into 2020, thinking, oh, this is going to be a great year. <laughs> and boom, right out of the gate, February, we get hit with Corona, COVID, whatever you want to call it. Mm. At the time, they were calling it Corona. And everybody's life changed that day. Yeah. And a lot of people changed for very many reasons. Kids were pulled out of schools. Schools were closed. Yeah, Uh, everything was closed. Everything was canceled. Toilet paper. We ran out of toilet paper. (laughs) Toilet paper. I mean, we really have, uh, you know, I mean, there's so many varieties of experience, you know, from people who've had to work, you know, every day since that time to people that are out of work that, you know, are struggling financially, that are, you know, have had people who were sick, who are still sick from that time, or still don't feel right, you know, still can't taste or smell correctly. And I mean, there's just, there's all these, you know, I like to call it the Corona Coaster. Uh, it's up and down. It. It's just an up and down year, you know, the joys are high, you know, because our concept of joy has shifted. You know, just sitting out on a patio and having a drink with a friend is this miraculous thing. It feels so good to do. And uh, I mean, for me, I've been just, you know, working from home, staying, you know, holding the line on that front. And I know other people are out and about. They have to be, you know, we have to keep the economy moving, but some people have to hold the line of just staying home. I can do that. I'm privileged to do that. And um, I'm grateful to try to do my part and try to help the healthcare workers. And, you know, as you know, the cases continue to rise and try to make sure that we're all okay and our healthcare system can handle this. Yeah, I mean, just all those different experiences, you know, my heart goes out to where everybody is at. There's a lot of transformation and all of that for all of us, you know, and I believe a a consciousness transformation. We are in truly right now because of the moment, you know, our brains have had to be in the moment. You know, people don't like to be, but they had to be, you know, I mean, not necessarily right now. There's a lot of people that are like, ah, screw that, you know, and they're out and about and, you know, and everybody's just doing the best they can. That's just the way I see it. And sometimes it's hard because... You know, this year has caused a lot of, not only is it the corona, it's election year. Oh, yeah. We had Black Lives Matter. We had the killing of a man that was totally unjust. And we've had a lot of stuff emotionally, plus our human needs were taken away. Like 
association with other people, hanging out with other people. And one of the big ones for me was live music. Oh, we talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this Saturday a little bit when we were discussing this episode. And, you know, it's funny because live music to me is one of the things that feeds me. Mm, Me too. Music, period. But I mean, but live, live music, music has a right. specific impact on the brain that recorded music does not. No. Um, and so, I mean, I crave it. I love live music and I play, you know, so right. I have a, you know, so I get a little bit of my own live music <laughs> that I might play in my basement. Right. <laughs> but it's just a whole different thing when you show up and the stage is there and, you know, and everybody's all excited and awesome band takes the stage and, you know, and then you can lose yourself for a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were discussing this on Saturday a little bit. And the reason I really wanted to do this with you is because not only because of your past book of letting it go. Letting it letting be. It, letting it be, sorry. Okay. Which was about letting stuff go and letting it be. Yep. Mm-hmm. But also... Your new book about relationship is now, is this book about relationships or just a relationship with self? It's about relationships. It's, okay. it's called um, Relationships and Rhythm. And it is an, kind of an extension. Letting it be is really a focus on the self more so. Okay. Um, being with your thoughts, being with emotions, being with you know various... Every chapter is a certain energy to be with and to look at within oneself. Relationships and rhythm goes deeper into that. All the different ways in which we connect energetically and distortions projections, all of the ways that, I mean, we're human. So, you know, but, you know, you mentioned everything that has happened with the election and, you know, there's just been a lot of rifts between loved ones, families, different belief systems, different social media circuits, you know, it's, it's very complex. And so relationships and rhythm is really a book that tries to tie some of these things together from a psychological perspective to help people understand how we're relating with each other and how that parallels the way that we're relating with ourselves. And, you know, much of the divisiveness, much of the, you know, systemic oppression that has come about, you know, in the racial pandemic that that emerged this year as well. Um, you know, and obviously it's been going on for 400 years, but you know, became more aware. We all became more aware of it, especially as us white people trying to understand, you know, the depth uh, of this and how deep this really goes and the experiences of people. I don't have brown skin, so I don't know what that I can hear stories and I can listen. And, you know, in that listening, there's bias. And so I think there's this understanding this, this year of, you know, looking within a little bit more and trying to understand. I mean, if if we have bias, we're going to have assumptions and we're going to have, you know, thoughts and beliefs. And, you know, I was just last night writing a part of chapter uh, on the power of words and how incredibly powerful, you know, each word can be. Not just the word itself, but the tone in which it's said the lyrical, the pattern in which I, you know, the harmony in in which I'm speaking, which totally changes the way it's received by people. Oh, 100%. Um, 
Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's just, there's so many complex pieces, but, you know, I, I do think social media has lost touch with that because somebody can just say, well, da, 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 da. I could read someone's post with my own tone in my head, creating, you know, what, what they're saying and how they're saying it to be a lot meaner than it right. really maybe comes, it comes off. But, you know, I mean, so we're, we're misinterpreting each other on a grand scale. And, you know, if we want to address this divisiveness, we have to understand the dynamics in which we're all a part of, the dynamics that live inside of us and the dynamics that live between each other that I think are, I believe, are related to the system that we are all born into and the system we're all trying to change right now. And what does that even look like? How do we change it? I, I don't think there's any way to change, you know, a massive system unless we work within from from inside out and that's very difficult because there's you know like one thing that came up the other and this is why this is so important first of all is because my podcast is a health and wellness podcast but this plays a huge part in our overall health absolutely and because number one, stress, like a lot of these things cause stress. Yeah. A lot of these things cause depression and anxiety. And all these things lead to overall lead to disease in our bodies and inflammation in our bodies. So when people say, Well, I'm listening to why am I listening? First of all, 90% of doctors' visits are caused by stress. Mm-hmm. So when you have anxiety, depression, stress, and coping with other people, which leads to anxiety, depression, and withdrawal. This is stuff that is causing diseases in your body, and it needs to be talked about even more so than food, because it is a huge, even when we sit down to eat with our family or sit down to eat, how you receive that food and how you eat that food and manifests itself in your body. If you're sitting down gobbling down food at a high stress situation, Mm. you're just doing your body injustice. And that's causing you disease, whether you like it or not. So it makes sense. And I can see where, you know, the more stress, like when people get emotional, then logic gets muddled. And, you know, when like if you're sitting down and it's a tense situation with family or friends or whatever, I mean, I guess it would be now, obviously, because you don't know if COVID is a visitor or not, you know, I mean, and there's this, all that is underlying everything. Then, you know, you got maybe some differences in politics or, you know, different opinions that are coming out, you know, and, and maybe different generations that see race in different ways and don't understand. Understand, you know, the they're naive to some of the comments that are made and how you know dense they sound, and so you know, I mean, and then people get angry, and then there's all the stress, and and you know, all of a sudden logic is out the window. The mindfulness, because I think I can sit in a stressful, you know, on a stressful meal kind of a situation, and breathe, and stay aware of what, you know, what am I eating? Why? You know, I mean, mindful eating, I think you've done some episodes on that. Right. You know, just how important it is to stay in the moment, no matter what is happening. If there is tension and there's cacophonous harmony, 
going on with your relationships in some way to notice what is happening. What is really going on right now? I feel this or, you know, or whatever. Right. And, you know, I mean, again, we're going to make assumptions. Well, they did, da, 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 da. You know, one of the things I talk about in the book is this looping pattern that I'm seeing mm-hmm. happen. And it's this blame, shame, judgment, guilt, you know, anger, you know, but it's a spinning kind of a thing. Like those of you who might be tech savvy, there's something called the infinite loop. And in that infinite loop, you know, you have a code, you know, you go to line 12, on line 12, it says go to line one, you know, you might have a hundred lines of code. And if on line 12, it says go to line one, you've got an infinite loop and you're missing all the rest of that beautiful code to create full perception of what's happening. And I do believe that, you know, with everything that has happened in the last really you know, three, four years in our, you know, politics and in our consciousness, it's, you know, this blaming and the shaming and judging. And I mean, even around like mask wearing or not, or going out or going on a, on a plane or people are still, it's this shame, you know, and it's all about someone else. No one, well, not no one, but there are a few of us that are really taking that kind of accountability. What's my part? Right. Every single person plays a part. There's no one person that does it all, that is to blame for everything. And when we can take a step out of that loop, it's a whole different pattern of, and I would imagine, you know, from a physiological perspective, completely different brain functions. If we did MRIs of, you know, the uh, pulling out, I'm sure that we'd see more brain activity in that, which is, you know, this transformation of consciousness. We're talking about, we're ready. I think we're all ready for this and to try to understand what am I doing? I don't want to be judging others. It's not, that's not for me to do. I I let just, just let God handle that. (laughs) And that's that's a very good point. And, you know, it just kind of breeds, it's kind of in a loop, like you said, looping pattern, because we try and get past the one thing and then something else comes up and puts us back in that loop. Yep. And we're angry, we're frustrated. And I mean, if you really want to look at the loop and how it plays out, look inside and into your relationship with yourself. Right. Because we're looping with ourselves in a big way too. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I ate over eight. And then, you know, suddenly the judgments are, well, you shouldn't have done it, da, 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 or whatever. You know, I mean, you can notice some right. of those and then be like, whoa, hold on. That's not okay. You know, there's a whole experience here. I enjoyed that food or whatever, you know, right. and then even having a mindful approach from the beginning, you know, so it's not like you eat a bunch in a mindless state and then, you know, feel like crap and beat yourself up for it. Right. That and plus, we get in these places where even going to the grocery store mm. becomes a major something. I mean, yeah. I'm like, I went to Home I Depot and I didn't put my mask on. I, I was going in to run and get something, and I didn't think about it. And I left, walked in without my mask, and some guy runs by me and says, "Where's your mask?" And my first response was going to be something negative to him. And I was like, you know what? I just shut up. I just said, you know, because I was going to say, what are you, the mask police? 
you know, but and then I was like, Tom, that's not even necessary to come out of your mouth. Just go get your, <laughs> get out of the store. Yeah. Cause people are afraid. I mean, right. you know, when I see someone without a mask, you know, it's like, I mean, we can automatically make assumptions. Right. They don't care about people, blah, blah, blah. And right. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I don't know what their situation is. Right. How do I know that they don't care about people? Right. That's a heck of a thing to say about someone. And it doesn't land well in my body saying like, right. like when we are very aware of how we vibrate as a, and each person uniquely, right. I'm just so fascinated by the way relationships and music um, oh, yeah. play together. So this book is really a play off of both of those. And I, you know, I talk pretty extensively about music and the parallels because uh, I've done a lot of research. You know, when I worked on my dissertation, musical countertransference was my topic, which wow. is pretty intense. Um, you know, but I mean, transference and countertransference, I think play a major role in how we're relating with each other as well. You know, because transference, if, if you have heard of the term, um, it was coined by Freud back in the early 1900s. But he was just saying like, gosh, you know, people are treating me as though I'm someone from their past. And it's like their present moment is distorted and, and they're living in the past as though it's the present or, or living in the present as though it's the past, um, treating me as though I'm someone from their past. And you know, we've all been traumatized by in relationships in various ways, you know, mildly or, you know, having issues of of, you know, pain, suffering, hurt. And if we are get stuck in that, then we could easily be reliving it, you know, this other relationships that are, it's distorted. It's not, it's a false recognition. And we can recognize that we have to be present to it when we become more aware. And tons of research has shown this around, because countertransference is how we react or how, you know, somebody else. You know, treats me as though I'm, you know, someone from their past. Sometimes I might react unconsciously and start acting like that person from their past, and mm. it's so fascinating to me. But you know, all the work that I've done, I'm, I've seen thousands of patients over the years and had some of these things coming up. When it becomes conscious, it heals. Mm. It you recognize uh, there's a healing of the past even because you're working it out. I mean, a lot of times, and many of us I'm sure can uh, relate of uh, times when you're like, wow, I'm replaying the same kind of thing from my past. Why is the same pattern happening or whatever? You know, like, I mean, usually it's in hindsight. And so recognizing some of that you know, I think that might help us understand why we're making assumptions about people, why, you know, like with the mask wearing or whatever, you know, um, it's like they don't care about people. That's my assumption with someone. Well, because, you know, somebody else wore a mask that I, you know, I mean, it was, there was some trauma going on for all of us back in February, March. Right. March, April, probably more so. And, you know, because I think that the masking started in April and that was weird and it was strange for all of us. And, you know, it was just like, we're living in this like bizarre, you know, world. So, you know, I think that a lot of people go back to then, even now. Right. Like, and, you know, it's easy to be like defensive 
you know, we get really defensive with each other, which I'm so glad you didn't say that, you know, because I don't want to be the mask police. I'm not going to say anything to anyone if they don't have a mask, but I'm going to hightail the hell out of there. I'm not going to be close to the person. (laughs) So it's kind of interesting, but you know, mistakes happen. We forget, you know, people have health issues that, you know, they don't feel comfortable wearing a mask, you know, so... I get it. And so I've done my best to try not to judge. Like if I catch myself judging, even in my head, I'm just like, you don't know their story. You don't know who they are. You don't know. And I think that having that mindset for pretty much anyone you meet of different skin color, of different political uh, beliefs, uh, of you know whatever it is that they where they're coming from, they have a reason and a purpose for believing that. Yeah, I mean, we all have something subconsciously in us from any somewhere in our lives. When I talk about music, when I was thinking about doing this episode with you. I was doing, I was microdosing some psilocybin and I was listening to Grateful Dead. Nice. Which goes pretty much hand in hand. And Eyes of the World came on. And I was like, this song is about, and I think that song was written by Robert Hunter. I think so too. And it has a little bit of the Buddhist thing going on in there. Because I think the eyes of the world is part of the Buddhist mantra somewhere. Hmm. But, but I, I haven't heard that, but I love that. And, but it is, we're in, a, we're in a situation right now where all the world's eyes are on everybody. Hmm. And it was like, you know, it's like, okay, we're going through this, we're all going through this together at some emotional level. Some of us, are anti-maskers. Like I'm myself, I get labeled an anti-masker. I'm not really anti-mask. I just think that the masks that a lot of these people are wearing aren't doing any good, hmm. you know, and aren't really serving a purpose. You know, like the ones that Aunt Betty makes that match her outfit out of polyester, they're not really holding anything in. They hmm. might be suppressing it a little bit, but they're not really, you know, so I'll, I'll get labeled the anti-masker a lot. My daughter She's so mad at me because I won't conform. And that's the other thing about this whole thing is conforming. What are we conforming to? Mm. Are we being told that? So I get to be like, here's the rebel coming out in me. (laughs) You know, like, you know, you're telling me this is what I have to do. And I'm like, no, I don't have to do this. Of course people are going to rebel. Like, I mean, my inner adolescent just wants to like, no. You know, right. I'm not doing it. Right. And that's and and we're getting told that by everybody. And now we have this whole thing coming up with a vaccine where, and I really hate to say this because this vaccine's being pushed through at a rapid pace. It's yeah, I mean, that is definitely concerning in terms of how and it will impact. What is the everyone. repercussions of taking this thing? You know, I mean, I and, think by the time it gets to me, I'll know right. more. Uh, I'm, it's kind of where I'm at with it. It's just okay. like in the moment, you know, like if I start worrying about, you know, I mean, there's been some allergy, you know, like several hundred, I don't even know, thousands of people maybe have taken it already, you know, in the UK and I think Canada started it. 
we're going to have a way better sense of, and this is a completely different type of vaccine, you know, that doesn't, it's not the antibody, it's a very different process that they use, um, which I have some kind of sneaking suspicion and some like real hope that this might be a shift that, you know, because even with the rapid pace of creating this, it's like, okay, you know, we had to get innovative. We had to get super duper creative. I mean, all of us did, you know, creative with our mask, creative with our social thing, creative with the music. You know, you were telling me about having right. some live music in the parking lots. You know, it's like, yes. And well, we have to do something. I mean, yeah, yeah. We don't know. And I am holding with like, well, I don't know. Nobody's saying I need to take a vaccine tomorrow. Right. I, you know, if I if they were, you know, if I were a healthcare worker or something like that, or working with elderly, I probably would take it just to make sure everybody's safe. But I, we don't even really understand if that's the case. Like, can you can you still spread the virus with the vaccine? I, there's a lot of questions that right. I still don't have answered, and I, and I think you know, we, there's a lot of rollout that still needs to be done and understood. You know, similar to March. April, we really didn't know what the heck we were dealing with. And then the information kept changing over and over. I just have a feeling it's probably going to be the case with the vaccine too. You know, and and the other part about this whole thing is like about relationships is a lot of people have been locked in a house with a spouse. Oh, yeah. Not locked in a house, but you've been, you're in the house with your spouse and your kids. You're both working from home. (sighs) Trying to trying to trying teach. to educate your children. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. And then there's that whole thing, and then you don't have outside. You know, friends don't really want to come to your house and sit down and have a meal with you. You know, so you don't have the social thing going on. And then there's this whole other aspect that, you know, suicides are, are rising mm-hmm. at a rapid rate. I think we're up. There's been a twenty percent increase in suicide. It's high. It's very concerning. And um, I know I work with a lot of teens and they are struggling right now, you know, not seeing their friends. I couldn't imagine having right. been a teenager going through something like this. You know, I mean, we were out and about and, you right. know, like just or college age student, you know, that a lot of people are just like, screw this. I'm going to a party, you know, and I mean, right. that we saw, you know, some of the implications and consequences of that over over time, especially in Boulder here. So, you know, I, yeah, it's it's not, this is not easy, but we're getting used to it. I mean, this is not, uh, March, April was, I think, the hardest time. You know, we've got this vaccine, what it does and how it changes things is still, you know, kind of hard to tell, but there's a thread of hope that I'm right. going to, you know, work on weaving into 2021. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let, that's something we need. This is where we're at, in my opinion. We all have these differences. Like I said, alcoholism mm-hmm. on the rise, overdoses, drug overdoses. Oh, are yeah. Rise. Oh, that's domestic good. violence is on the yeah. rise. Now Child you have abuse your, as well, because, you know, you're not child, having right. the teachers to, to report. Right. And, 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 you know, our resources are also limited in terms of, you know... Well, I know, even and, navigating the the government systems, you know, trying to say... And then you had, on top of that, when we had the Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter, the police officers, and I know a couple, they would get a 911 call and they would wait 45 minutes. They would talk to each other across their little microphones 
and say, hey, we're not, what are you going to do? And we're going to wait about a half an hour before we go respond. Just like maybe hopefully things will calm down by or then. The, or they were afraid that if they got there too soon and they did something wrong, that they were going to get persecuted. Oh, that sucks. I so mean, we're in this, been, this has been a weird freaking year. Right. You know? And, you know, I mean, it's like to see both of those perspectives, you know, the the police officers right. and how they feel like they're being, you know, persecuted. And, you know, an African-American person that just called the police and it doesn't know who they're going to run into. You right. know, I mean, that has shed a, a lot more light into that fear. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've always kind of known, I, you know, I grew up in Detroit as, right. as, as did I you. did. Right. And so... You know, I mean, I, you know, people that would talk to me about their stories or or whatever, but not, you know, I mean, it's not that I would sit down and have conversations with African-Americans that would, they would talk about how afraid they were of police and things like that. Like that never really came up in any of the conversations and it was always there and it still is always there. And I mean, to me, that just really opened my heart to and I my, and my heart is open to both police because there are really good police officers out there. Right. And there are very biased police officers that don't really understand how their unconscious bias and their own ways of treating themselves and believing uh, about people right. are playing into harming others. You know, I mean, I don't know the whole backstory of, um, you know, what's his name that, that murdered George Floyd. Right. He obviously, I believe he has some major, you know, mental health. Oh, problems. absolutely. I mean, and at so, some point in his life, right. But we uh, don't know. We don't know who no, he is. I don't know who he, he is. I don't know what his background is. He could be. You know, but it's like, again, this assumptive, you know, people aren't made of one sentence. Right. And, you know, the depth of each person is real. I don't care who you are. You know, QAnon or wherever you land, you know, you have depth. And, you know, most people don't really want to go into the depths of themselves because of the looping pattern, the judgment they find, the blaming, the, oh, I don't want to take accountability. Like, let me look externally. Let me just keep focusing on other people and how bad they are, you know, kind of a thing. And it's like, it just isn't working. It's not working for anyone. And it's a lot more obvious in 2020, I find. You know, in 2018, 2019, you know, people are just doing their thing. Um, You know, uh, anonymously, you know, posting mean, rude things to others and never having to take any accountability for any of it. And I mean, that's still happening, but it seems to me like it's just landing different. It feels different. Uh, You know, people, it's just, I, I think they're just tired. It's like, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, like just look at people like uh, in a single dimension. We are dimensional beings. I was thinking, you know, some of like we were talking about music and, you know, I think that people are, and this goes to your book relation, about relationships and looping is because we all want to have relationship, not only with ourselves, but we want to have relationships with other people. Yeah. And some of that's been taken away. But also, we need to learn how to have a relationship with ourselves first. Agreed. It gives you so much more information to understand the other. Right. If you don't know yourself, 
and I mean, I'm still the the onion layers keep coming off, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, so I'm still working at this, and I will. It's a lifelong thing of knowing oneself, exactly. you know. So I mean, if but if we don't have a sense of how we function. Right. What our thoughts are, the process of our thoughts, the process of our emotions, how our emotions impact and influence our thoughts, and you know what are our behaviors, how do we change you know to be more healthy you know and, and have more wellness in our lives, if we are not aware of that and what we need personally, you know then how can we know what another person is, you know is feeling? How do we have empathy? Because I, what I found is as I know myself further and further and understand the functions of my physiological body and emotional, spiritual body, I can you know, relate in a totally different manner with other people, more compassionately, more lovingly, with a broader perspective of who the person is or might be, you know, I mean, if they're not telling me, then, you know, of course, you know, we're humans, we want to fill in the blanks, you know, but we need to feel comfortable with each other again, vulnerable. Uh, You know, I mean, this whole vulnerability thing, people are scared. I I think people are too scared to get vulnerable with each other as, as much as, you know, because they feel like their story, they're not going to be seen, they're not going to be acknowledged. And that's what every single one of us wants is to be seen, heard, and acknowledged. And, you know, starting with yourself, how much are you not seeing, not acknowledging, and not hearing that's going on within? If you have a conflict within, there's one part that has a voice that most of the time we're like, shut up. Right, right. <laughs> um, and so if we start listening, you know, and I think that's one, you know, big message that I took away from, you know, the racial pandemic and just understanding, you know, race and the st- systemic problems in our society is my lesson is listen, listen more and talk less and give the stage to other people who have really been afraid to take it, to even share and let them know that, you know, I mean, letting each person know their vulnerability is amazing and that the courage that it takes to do that, to put yourself out there and to share, you know, a fear or whatever is that's part of our transformation. And, you know, and that we can be seen, we can be heard, and we can acknowledge each other no matter what, even with conflicting beliefs. It, you know, that's the part that we really have to get, but we got to get out of this looping pattern. Right. You know? Yeah, right. Exactly. The looping pattern. Because, and one thing that over this past year, and I've been working on this, and I honestly, Mike, we're talking about microdosing psilocybin. What I'm, I found it causes me to dig deeper into the root causes of things. Hmm. Like, where's my anger coming from? Where's my discontent for masks? Or where's my discontent for being told what I have to do? Where's yeah, that oh, from? I love that. I mean, I love that. And I mean, psilocybin has been found to be quite useful in terms of like managing depression, anxiety. I mean, I think it really just gives. When it's done in a manageable way, you know, it, right. it, it offers a little bit of objectivity. And that's what we're needing in this kind of thing is broader perspective, right. uh, you know, like, because I think, you know, we're, we're getting caught up in this whole science is objective and there's no place for subjective in science. You know, it's like, what the hell? Like, there's objective and subjective right. and they're always connected. 
And even in science, you know, people are putting out that they have a subjective reason why they're studying and researching that particular. And so, you know, but I think, you know, we don't really think about the depths of things. If we can really integrate both objective and subjective experiences, because it's hard to learn to practice being objective in a subjective, what I was saying about emotions overloading right, and right. Then, you know, muddling our logic. We don't have, we've not been taught a bridge between those two. I mean, we have to really build a bridge on our own, is, is really yeah, what and it comes well, down Yeah, to. right. And that's something that, you know, until you reach down inside yourself and figure out, like, I have a lot of anger and resentment towards my father because he wasn't around or, you know, you know, those are things that I had to find out how to manage and how to, you know, let go and let it be and say, Dad, you know, I'm sorry, you know, or and I had to just give it back to God and say, okay, I loved you, you and you made some mistakes, but I still loved you and I want you to go away. I want you to go back to God and know that I still care about you. Even yeah. though those things are beating on me inside, mm. I have to like, I have to, and this is where the book letting it be. I had to say, I got to let this be because it's causing me harm. Right. And I see letting it be as a process. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's because of our like kind of black and white thinking in our society. It's like this, well, I'm done with it. You know, kind of a thing. Right. Or like, you know, you're good, you're bad, you know, or whatever. Like, right. what? It's all very polarized. Um, and so, you know, being able to recognize that, okay, I'm working on this process. I understand how this might impact me. How does it impact my relationships? Are there, you know, others in my life that, you know, I fear might leave or, or right. whatever, you know, I mean, as a result. And then understanding, because we can't do this alone. The relationships and rhythm is about communication. Talking with each other about like, hey, you had that weird reaction. What happened? You know what? I don't know. You know, I mean, if we're like, well, I didn't have a reaction. What's the problem? You know, I mean, we go into the defense, you know, because we don't want to deal with it or we, you know, want to just go have a drink or something. And so we don't address it. If we were to, well, you know what? Let me think about that. You know, I'm not sure what happened, but I did react kind of intensely and I'm not sure why. You know, I'm looking at that. You know, okay, cool. Well, I'm here to to listen and understand and, you know, and again, because even couples, spouses make massive assumptions about their partners. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, I mean, which, you know, it's like, oh, well, I know them so well. It's like, what? We don't even know ourselves. Like, we're we're also <laughs> fluid. Come right, on. Right, right, right. So, you know, I, I think that being able to understand, again, coming back to listening and obviously having the courage to own our own shit. Right. This is big. You know, I, I toyed with a book by that title for a while. You know, just own your own shit. Own your shit. own shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because like, come on, people. You know, but I mean, that's easier said than done too. You know, there's all these defense mechanisms and people are doing their best to just manage. And right. you just start bringing that kind of stuff up for some people and they are not, they can't stay stable. 
So I, I get that piece as well. And again, this is a process of knowing oneself and getting comfortable, a little bit more comfortable. And you know, some people they may not trust to be vulnerable with. So that's where I think a therapist comes in, you know, right. where you can create a safety, you know, a safety net and try to understand a little bit. Obviously, there's good therapists out there and there are ones that are, you know, going to just stay surface with you. <laughs> some might ask some deeper questions. And right. Dig I, around a little bit. Dig into the roots. I love your your poster behind you, by the way. Oh, the, the, root, the roots. roots of... Yeah. It's like that you got to is... dig down into the roots of it, right? All right you know, you do. it's like so. If you dig down in the roots, you find more toxicity. Yep. What's going on that's yep. like causing more stress and things like that? And so. It's true, though. I mean, even in my past, and this is one thing I love about my with about Donna, who is is my counselor, or she's not really a counselor; she's more of a shaman. Oh, I love it. And she really, I mean. It's, Going through the death of my mother and going through a relationship that really was never healthy to begin with, and then getting down to the seat of my what my things my father was things inside of me I was holding against my father or things that I was holding like you know mistakes I've made in the past that other people aren't letting go of mm. and, and still looking at me through the lenses of those mistakes. I'm feeling self-conscious that I have to, and she was, she gets in there and digs and like, all right, let's take this to God, you know, let's tell him. What is this? What's going on for you here? You know, I mean, it's, I I always say a good therapist or psychologist is one that asks the right questions and, you know, and that you're willing to look deep, deep, yeah, deeper and open up, uh, you know, not just with her, but with yourself. I mean, there's so much that we're not sharing or acknowledging or hearing within ourselves. And that's the part, you know, when we start to do that more, that's going to translate to a parallel process of listening to each other a bit more. And then we find our, you know, how similar we all really are and how unique at the same time. Right. It's really eye-opening when you get to that point and say, okay, I can let this go now. And I can move on. And I can, and I can move on with a relationship with myself that I can bring more to a relationship in, with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Until you let that relationship with yourself or the things you've done or they're holding you back from moving forward into a relationship with somebody else, you're never going to move forward in that relationship. I would agree. And, you know, I mean, like I said, it's a process. So, right. it, you know, we're fluid. I try to think of it that way. You know, I like every that time. fluid, right. Yeah, because I mean, who I am today can, you know, I can shift and I can, you know, and, and I'm conscious of who I want to be and working toward that, you know, working toward just being, you know, not, you know, just accepting myself for who I am and you know, where I'm at in my life, which is easier said than done. I, I, we live in a capitalistic society. We're constantly messaged that we are not good enough and we got to do this and da 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 You know, this whole not good enough theme is rampant. I, I think of like, you know, the oppressive systemic society or whatever. And, and it's like, and, you know, I guess for a white person to say that, you know, I mean, I certainly have uh, had some oppression around, you know, my gender, 
you know, but all around, we are in in various ways oppressing ourselves. And, you know, because we have grown up in a, in a, an oppressive society that's built on stilts made of oppression, you know, I mean, so how do we, how do we change that? And, you know, and how that will affect our health and wellness in a huge way. And, and, you know, it's like, I don't want to oppress myself. I don't want anyone to feel oppressed by me, even if it's unconscious because I am saying something or, you know, projecting out. I mean, projection is a very common coping skill and it's been normalized much more in these last few years that it's okay to project. Right. It's okay to say, you know you know, to bully other people and to, you know, if you don't like your emotion, put it on someone else right? kind of a thing. And, and that is not working for us. Like no. we can lean into that emotion and we understand, oh, I don't need to project. I can release. Right. I can let go. I can work through, you know, I can change my behaviors or there's lots of different ways, you know, so we don't harm someone we love with projection. Right. And, and those of you who made not know what projection is. It's essentially just, you know, transferring your emotions to someone else. Uh, You know, you don't like an emotion, you don't like your anger and you're ticked off and you're going to tick someone else off. (laughs) It's happening all around us, right? You know, it happens on on Facebook, right? The highways, you know, I mean, oh man, driving is a, is a huge. I'll be honest, it happened this morning. (laughs) I, I raised my hand. I was trying to get some, I had to go to get some photos taken for this new job so I could be put on the website with my bio and I was on my way there and this Prius was in front of me and I, and I caught myself judging the Prius mm-hmm. the, and the guy driving the Prius. <laughs> like what? First of all, you're a Prius driver. Get out of my way. You know, I caught myself. I'm like, okay, Tom, chill. If you're five minutes late, it's okay. You know. Right, it's like take a breath. Right. It, I mean, this is the. I'm so glad you you mentioned that because it is all about catching, right. catching it. This is not. I mean, this doesn't mean like, oh, I never have any judgment. I've worked it through it all. No, I mean no. it's going to come up constantly. I mean, I think I talked in the last episode of the mind garden and the weeds that right. grow in our yeah. Mind. That was yeah right. And you know, I love that metaphor because. Everybody has weeds, you know, but do you know what your weeds are? And can you discern between a weed and a flower that you want to grow and bloom in your life? And most people are not discerning of those kinds of things. And, you know, I mean, we can learn to be is the whole thing. Like we practice, stay mindful, notice what you're thinking, think about what you're thinking about, you know, what what do you want to think instead? Change it because you can. You absolutely can. You don't have to keep these old stories in your in your head, right? Uh, and, if they really are not working out. One thing we talked about on Saturday that we haven't talked about today, but one thing that I noticed this morning when I, that Prius thing happened was mm-hmm. I didn't start my day the way I should have started my day with gratitude, my scripture reading, and journaling. I got up, made my coffee, got ready, and got out the door. Uh. And this is something I think, this is a key for me, and, I, and hopefully, and you understand, because we talked about it a little bit, but you, this is something that's important for everybody, especially in 
this 2020 and moving forward is we really, really, really have to think about gratitude right out the gate when you get out of bed. I completely agree. Because, and I think other today, and it slips away from me like everybody else. I took this position with this uh, clinic and I've been working out of the house way before. I've been working out of the house for 15 years. So for 15 years, I've been getting up in the morning, making my coffee, coming into my office. You know, I get up in the morning, do my gratitude, my journaling, my grounding, my scripture reading, and come into my office with my coffee, start my day. Now I have to leave to go somewhere three times a week. Mm. And it's been a huge talk about channeling and funneling to something new. And I have lost that, the journaling, the gratitude, the grounding in the morning. And I get out of bed and I get ready and I go. And it had to take a lot, step back and turn my dials back and say, okay, Tom, this is more important because if you don't do this, this is going to screw up the projection of your whole day. And it's, I mean, it could, I love the foundation piece. And, you know, what I would say around that is, you know, I try to integrate my being with my doing sometimes Um, because, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and you have to get your sleep and you have to, you know, so there's like, ah, you know, there's this whole balance thing. And so, you know, I mean, I might suggest that, you know, as you're getting your coffee, as you're, you know, doing your thing in the morning that you're, thank you for this coffee. Thank you, God, for this beautiful day. You know, I, like you can right. do that even in the car while you're driving. You're brushing your teeth. I mean, we're <laughs> right. tasking. You know, right, right. These, it's such mindless <laughs> right. tasking. Like, right. what are we even thinking about while we're doing all those things? And you know, and it's interesting because I I read like a daily affirmation thing, and today's daily affirmation was about integrating the spiritual like they were talking about like buddhist monks and various you know jewish orthodox practices where um you know people are integrating that's their life right they chant and pray while they're walking while they're cooking while they're cleaning every it's a part of every moment of their day as much of the moment that they can remember And I think for me, it's really about remembering. Right. Uh, If I don't remember the moment, then it just moves on by. And hey, if I don't remember, you know, a thousand moments, suddenly I will remember one of these moments and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm back, you know, kind of thing. Right, right. I mean, even Eckhart Tolle said, you know, like the moment we recognize that we're not in the moment, we're back in the moment, you know. So <laughs> just bringing that into your life as consistently as, as, possible. as possible and trying to remember, set Good an point. alarm or, you know, have a little post-it notes or, you know, get into a habit. You know, I mean, I have this walk, this particular walk that I do and I call it my gratitude pond. So when I walk that oh, pond, nice. every time I walk it and it's a, it's a habit now, like I can't walk it. I was with a friend the other day and I'm like, oh, thank you for my friend. Thank you. You know, I was just thinking, <laughs> you know, I was just feeling so thankful and being right. able to bring that into our life because there's something to be said, of course, for you know, starting the morning, slowing down, not tasking, just being, just being. 
absolutely just being, you know, like not, not putting that because I think that we need that as well. Right. You know, but if I can't get it, then, you know, watch that thought, that belief. My whole day is shot if I don't do this. Right. Like, because there's a little bit of judgment in there. there is. Right, right. So then you kind of come away and it's like, you know what? It's okay that I didn't do that. My day will be just fine. God's with me in every moment. And what am I saying here? Right. Right. (laughs) You're right. 100%. it's the remembering. And Thank you for we, the counseling session. Well, yeah, I'm going to give you a couple of <laughs> I'll tips. I'll send you your money. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm hoping right. some of your listeners, you know, maybe exactly. that going on too. You know, but we just don't even catch that we're judging. Right. Right. It's so subtle. Right. Like this is subtle stuff. Right. And it's like a beat that's so low that we, that we have to really stop and remember. And when we hear it, it's like, whoa, we resonate with it. Right. But it's such, it's so under, it's the, under the roots. It's where the roots live and we're not used to looking there. That's a good point. I like your analogy of the, we talked of it, like we talked in your, like you said earlier about your first book about cleaning the weeds out of your brain, mm-hmm. you know, that whole thing inside of you. Like, cause we all have a past. We have all I, there's not one person that works the, walks the face of this earth that hasn't done something wrong to somebody else and has that weed in their mind that they need to de-weed. You yeah, know? I mean, if you're still judging yourself for something right. you've already done, it's right. over, what do we do? Right. You know? Easier said than done. Right. You know, I mean, you, it's not about just you know pulling the weed. It's about planting a seed of truth. You know, not, oh, I'm good and everything's fine. And I'm, you know, I'm a good person. You know, I mean, my brain doesn't really buy in. You know, it's like, no, listen, you're doing the best that you can. You didn't know at the time. You were young. Your brain wasn't fully developed. You know, I mean, all the different, you know, facts of the, of the system, of the, of the situation that my brain will, will accept. It's not just, oh, don't worry, everything's fine. And, you know, that positive kind of, it just doesn't, I need truth. And I think we're all needing a, a little truth. You know, oh, yeah. how do we know what's true? What is resonating? What is available to us based on how we, you know, I mean, if we really go down to that like lower beat that I was talking about, that we, that's mm-hmm. so subtle we will notice what really resonates with us. Okay. I mean, a lot of times when we notice that it's like, oh shit, like I gotta, this doesn't resonate. I gotta change my life and I don't want to. So I'm gonna just ignore this, right? I mean, right. There's, a, there's some truth to it, you know, but that's okay. If you can recognize and be like, hey, I'm not ready. And it, that's okay too. And, you know, one of the things I just wanna share. So I've had this, this, sticky note next to my desk of Ephesians 4, 2, 3, Mm. which is essentially be patient, be gentle, be humble, and be loving. That's my takeaway for 2020 and 2021. That's that's what I'm weaving in, you know, because be patient, be gentle, be humble, be loving. That is what we all want to be. Everyone feels good in that sense. That's and a good one. That's a good thing going into 221. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So when's the book come out? Well, the book's coming out end of 2021, probably. Okay. I'm hoping to get it at least 
published in, in form and get it out to the New York Times and do the proper marketing that I didn't really know what I was doing my first the book because <laughs> I self-published. Right. So this time, you know, my hope is to really market quite a bit and talk. There's so many points. There are a lot of themes in the book and they come together as I've talked about, you know, in this hour. So End of 2021. I, I mean, keep an eye out. I will be, you know, doing radio shows. I'm actually going to start my own radio show. Are you really? And it's going to be weekly. Um, it's a friend of mine who it lives in Mexico, so it's it's actually a Mexican radio station. Okay. Which is so funny because I don't speak Spanish, but I just have a lot of really good friends that live there. And I'm going to, and they need, you know, they need more talk on this. So the whole, the show itself is called Relationships and Rhythm. So we're going to talk about self, you know, other, you know, all the different themes of the book. I will continue to, you know, be educating people about these psychological terms so that we can kind of understand a foundation to work from for ourselves. Okay. Just learning about, you know, I mean, because if we don't know what to look for, how do we... How do we do it? it? Right. Yeah. If, uh, you know, if anyone is interested, please check out my website. It's drlisatempleton.com, drlisatempleton.com. You know, I have tons of meditations on there. I've got songs. I've got you know, educational formats. I even have an online class. If anyone is interested in learning more, going deep, or you want to buy the book, you know, the, all the information is there. And also, you know, your first book, Lady to Be. Yeah. I, I'll put the link for that because it's... If yeah, you didn't you. catch it the first time around, you need to... I mean, it's just seriously... Like I said, it's on my coffee table and it's been since we did the episode number 40 many, many moons ago. And uh, because yeah. I go bi-weekly, so bi-weekly, you're, it was been over. It's yeah, been it's over a couple a year. years. Yeah, a couple, couple of years. I think it was yeah. May of twenty eighteen or twenty eighteen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which is awesome. You know the shows that you're doing and, and, you and know, everything. I just love it. I got keep wanting to quit, <laughs> but I think what. I don't even care. I mean, I, I'm getting some good listenership right now, and that's fine. But if one, if it changes one person, or yep. even two people, mm-hmm. I've did my job. Yep, that's you know? my take on it as well. And as we all are in need to right. help each other. Oh and yeah, and more so other. now than than ever because mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not perfect. You know and. I get chastised on Facebook just like the next person. And it's fine. I mean, I, we all have a different opinion, but we still must all love each other. Regardless yeah. of our opinion, regardless of what we've been, we still need to have love for each other. Agreed. And for ourselves, right? right? And, and for ourselves. And, you know, continue to teach and learn from each other. Because that's the sense, you know, when I wrote that Letting It Be and when I'm writing Relationships and Rhythm right now, I'm learning. Right. And while I'm writing, you know, right. and I just get the feeling that while you're doing this, you know, you're learning too. And, oh, and every you know, day. your listeners are learning and they're teaching you. And I mean, that is the beauty of relationships truly in rhythm. When we understand the give and take and the reciprocal universe that we're living in. Yep. And I was thinking before we go, I was thinking about back in the days at Bell's Brewery and... <laughs> and 
I mean, you were at Western Michigan University, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was there when when it was just a little kind of coffee shop looking place. (laughs) Back in the old days, it was really cool. Yeah, with the chess boards and the fish tanks. Yeah, man. (laughs) Man, I really miss those days. But Yeah. And it's changed a lot since then. And I don't know. It's I don't expanded. even really stop by there anymore, to be honest with you. I usually just go in and get something off the shelf in the store and leave, mm. you know, when I go visit. Because there's so many microbreweries in Michigan now that are... Oh, yeah. I can see where that... You know, you know, so I just usually go back and... I usually go back to find something that I can't find here in Atlanta. Uh, but there's so much good beer out there now, you know. Mm-hmm. But I remember the days back when the... We had the little stage, and Benji was playing the the floors of the forks, the toaster, toaster, the toaster. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Yep, and the eccentric oh, day, times. and gosh, <laughs> those were good times. Yep, and now look at us—we're all, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, we're growing and we're learning and. And we're still connected, which is so beautiful. To I know. Me. I and mean, even, you know, it's like, I mean, some of the people, I've lost contact with a few, but many are still there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a, I, I was thinking about this before we go. This song came up while we were talking. And when the brokenhearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer. Let it be. Mm. And we are in a a crazy world right now, but we got to let it be. We got to love one another. Yeah. And And a broken heart, it opens. It opens a heart. That's, you know, when it, when it breaks, I've definitely felt that over the, over this year, you know, just feeling just so brokenhearted about the people that I've talked to and. Oh yeah. I mean, there's some, like I saw a picture of a buddy's mom at a nursing home in Michigan and you can't go inside to see her. No. So this, so he was standing outside. She put her hand against the window and he put his hand against the window to hold her hand. Oh. And that just broke me. Even as much as I anti-vaxxer, anti-mask or believe that this is some, some kind of conspiracy, that hurt me. That hurts me to even think about that. And I lost, on December 28th, I lost my mother last year. And I'm grateful that she passed away before this happened because this would have took her down. Not just the disease part, but the part of being in a nursing home and not being able to visit her. Her not to go play cards or for us to come visit and play cards with her. This would have, that would have killed her. Not the disease. Or the virus, but that would have killed her. Agreed, and, and it's and it's harming a lot of people right now. At the same time, you know, there's a lot of growth, and you know, because I'm I do some work with some 55 and older groups, you know, um, just to offer you know some some hope and right. some you know help through uh, you know this these this difficult is crazy. times, and you know, and and people are, I think we're learning how resilient we all really are, right. right. And we need to, and we need to, one thing that I want to bring into 2021 is that 
no matter our differences of opinion or stance on different things, we still have to love one another. And we need to do more so this year than when in, in any other year. Because it's not getting, this isn't going to go away anytime soon. But no, we also we've got to have some patience here. Right. And we've got a, the whole election thing. We still got to process this whole Black Lives Matter. And one of the things that really bothers me about Black Lives Matter, and I'm just, is this, I saw this when, when I was growing up in Detroit, we were living on a street in Redford Township that the Black Panthers were taking over. And we moved into my grandparents' house because we had to get out of ours. And one thing that I think about today is why are we still arguing about this? Why is this still relevant? Why can't we love each other for who we are as a person and no matter the color of our skin or where we came from? I mean, we have to love each other for who we are and right. understand the experiences that come with who we are. Right. I think that's the part of the listening, you know, that that's coming up for me around, you know, just listening. I don't know the whole story of, you know, what happened in your neighborhood or whatever, but I can imagine that the assumption as a child would be like, you know, they're this is they're harming me, you know, or right. or there's some and, and and again, I don't know the whole story. And, and I think and when I we really look there's a whole story. There's right. a there's a, all these roots underneath that lead to these behaviors, and and then it's like wow, you know, like to really know the whole story. Right. And again, I mean, that's a lot of information to take in, and a lot of people want to just get simple. They want to simplify it and keep it, but I don't think it's simple. I think no. this is a really complex, subtle. Right. Difficult kinds of things. But I, like I said, I think we're ready. 2021, we are ready to understand this and perceive it in a very different light. And when we perceive things in a different light, we're going deeper, we're getting into our roots a little more. Right. Then we're going to start to see things from a much broader perspective, bringing in our subjective with objective viewpoints, not letting the experience of you know something happening like the emotion of it to to lead the way but the clarity of right. thought and truth you know and again i know truth is a controversial topic these days <laughs> of what is truth and, and you what know isn't? i mean right. I, you know and, and back to you know checking in with yourself knowing yourself you know your vibration how does a piece of information vibrate with you right how you know and when you're really slowing down and checking in, you will know. Right. Right. So it, it's not a simple kind of process, but I do no. believe that we're, you know, in this process of transformation and a consciousness yep. um, reform of understanding ourselves more fully and then hopefully understanding each other more fully. And this will be going live on the 28th of, of December. So... Okay. That's good uh, to hear. Yeah. So... That's a, a happy that's new year to everybody. Yeah. Happy, happy new 2021. Year. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate being on the show and being able to talk with yeah. you and your listeners and, you know, just sharing, you know, I what love I it. Going I love on it. And, yeah, I love, you know, and I want you back for when your book does go 
get published so we can. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to actually, come back. Yeah. And, and we'll see where we're at in the yeah. end of 2021. And, yeah. Let me know or let me know when you start the radio thing in Mexico. So we can, okay. Will, yeah, it be, uh, will it be available somehow here? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an internet radio. So, okay. you know, I'll have the link and okay. the show will be on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. So okay. I will have all that information on my website. Cool. I'll send that to you so you can add okay. it to, you know, your your stuff too. And okay, I, I awesome. very much appreciate it. All right. Thank you. And tell Jeff hello and happy new year to you both. Yes. And Merry yes, Christmas yes. too, by the way. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Maybe happy in Hanukkah. 2021, I'll get out to Denver. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'd love to see you. All right. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.